As part of our above and beyond uh, emphasis, we've been having a lot of guest speakers, but you're accustomed to that before we started all this with Grace Along the Journey. Uh, and we have a, a special, one of our own, uh, a hero of ours at Brookwood, uh, Brian Bonds, uh, who will make his way up to the front um, with Miller's help. Uh, and Emily, we appreciate them being here and having Brian uh, with us in worship this morning. But he wants to share uh, just a little bit of, of testimony um, about his walk uh, here at Brookwood. Uh, of course, if you do not know Brian and, and the Bonds family, um, Brian has ALS and has just taught us all a lot in recent months and years about faithfulness and hope and uh, finishing empty and finishing strong. So, Brian, we appreciate you. Would you join me in welcoming him this morning? Thank you, guys. Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, sometimes I have a hard time getting my breath. So um, if there's any pauses, they're not for dramatic effect. So I <laughs> apologize for that up front. So I'm sitting in a microtail hotel in Buffalo, New York. I know why they call it a microtail. It's a very small room. In fact, a small room and my large size made it necessary for me to go outside in the hall just to change my mind. <laughs> Quite small. Phone rings, it's Emily, my wife. And she says to me, I think I've got this figured out so that you can quit your job and raise the children. Now, before that, I had worked in a job that required a good bit of traveling. I quit that job and went to another that supposedly was only seven nights of travel a month, and that month really turned into a week. So I was traveling quite extensively, and our children were reaching an age where they really needed to be around and around the parent. They nearly needed to have the correct upbringing. You, most of you know my children. You know that I pretty well failed in that, in that attempt. <laughs> so we prayed about it. And the Lord clearly came back and said, it's time for you to raise your children. And so this was a very difficult decision for me. Uh, we live... We all live in a community that your job or your career pretty well identifies you. And it was not a great idea to, to be a stay-at-home dad in this town. But the Lord said to, and we decided to, to, to make it work. 
in raising the kids. Luckily, they were at school from eight to, eight to four, eight to three most days. So I wound up with a lot more time. And that's when the Lord revealed to me his second agenda. And that was get involved. Get involved at your church. So for the next five years, I stayed very involved with the mission to this church. A couple of well-timed and well-placed tornadoes and an earthquake here and there, and off I went delivering everything that you guys had donated. Trips to Mississippi, trips to Huckleburg, Alabama, and the Williams community right outside of Jacksonville. I enjoyed making trips there. I enjoyed teaching vacation Bible school. I enjoyed going to the beach with a youth group or going to mission trips with the, with the youth groups. Had a lot of fun. One of the biggest blessings I got though, when Ricky Miskelly approached me and Tim Clark about meeting with a man that he knew. The man had a church next to Ricky's business, and he just wanted us to hear what this man had to say. So we go to Ricky's office for this meeting, and in the car, and many of y'all have heard this story, I know, but in the car before we went into this meeting, I looked at Tim and I said, Tim, we can't make a lot of promises to these folks because we currently have way too many irons in the fire. And we just don't need to make any promises that we can't keep. Well, that meeting was with Ralph Garth and Kathleen Garth, who was at that time had a church in Avondale, but now we all know them as True Vine Evangelical. During that hour and a half to our meeting, excuse me guys, during that meeting, I was listening to Ralph with one ear, and the other ear, I was listening to the Lord tell me, don't put limitations on me, young man. Do not limit me. You can have as many irons in the fire as you want, because I will provide. So, Fast forward to now, True Vine, who we were saying, we're not going to do anything with these people, is now a model or a prototype 
for how two churches should and can partnership and do better work for the kingdom. I would say that it is a very unique relationship, one that should be copied by others in our Baptist faith. But let's look at that statement one more time. Too many irons in the fire. Well, now we are in a campaign above and beyond where we are now looking for more irons in the fire. And the beautiful thing is, God's going to provide that fire. He is that fire. Our Lord knows when to add more air, stoke that fire, and make that fire hotter, stronger, bigger. He can take as many irons as we have to give. Double up the number of, of irons, and it's twice hands. Plus the hands. We need everyone here, everyone involved in our church. We need your hands if we're going to double. That means if you're currently working on a missions ministry, we've got to ask you to do more. Twice the heart means twice the giving. What we're asking you to do is if you have been always tithing, and I know preachers hate to talk about tithing. They hate to preach on tithing. So let me do it for them. I told Jim, I'll talk about tithing. They ain't going to get mad at a man in a wheelchair. So I'm more than happy to say, whatever you're giving, give it during this campaign. We need you to give more. If you can't give, if you don't give, we need you to find a way to start giving. Start working and start giving. That's the challenge that the Lord has put in front of us in the above and beyond campaign. Don't limit God like I did. Always be looking for more like the Lord told me to do. Excuse me, folks. I would like, if you agree with the statement that I'm about to make, those of you that are in missions and ministry, give me an affirmation of a shake of the head or speaking in tongue or something. If you get involved in missions, 
you will bless someone. But the blessing is going to come back to you also. If you, if you give, the blessing comes back. If you double what you give, the blessing is going to double and come back to you. Biggest blessing I feel that I have ever had in my life has been the opportunity that the Lord gave to me and gave to this church to work with Ralph and Kathleen Garth. They are the most wonderful, resourceful, true Christian people that I think I may have ever been around. And it has certainly been a blessing that the Lord has given me. I'm going to leave you with another statement or another lyric from the great Bob Dylan. I've done it before, I've got to do it again. He says, you've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, and it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Please pray. Please find where you can be involved. Please pray that you serve the one and true Lord and double what you can do in this coming year. But quickly change subjects. Please allow me to say a huge, huge thank you to each and every one of you. This disease is the worst thing anybody could go through. And y'all have made it so much easier. You people have been a blessing to me and Emily and to Miller and Henry. Your cards, your phone calls, your prayers, which I can tell you right now are a blessing and a strength that we get from the Lord. Thank you for everything that y'all have done. Food, cards. I got a card the other day from a little preschool girl. And it said, I love you and Jesus. And I thought, Wow, I bet Jesus is pretty impressed to be put on a level with me. <laughs> but again, from the bottom of our heart, thank you for everything that you've done. Now somebody come get me. you follow along with me for the responsive reading on the screen? Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. 
When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Glory Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So a part of our above and beyond emphasis uh, is that we've been playing videos on Sunday mornings, not video games, uh, videos up there. Uh, from our mission partners. We've heard from Gontemer, we heard from Pastor Aragon in Nicaragua last week, and you're going to hear from Matt and Michelle Norman in just a moment. These are our newest international uh, missions partners. We're taking our first team from Brookwood will go in May, and uh, so we're very excited about that. It's going to be tremendous and look forward to sharing with you all about that trip and how it goes. I will tell you just quickly, uh, if you go to the website, brookwood.org, uh, if you're on the home page, there's a, right, there's a tab on the far right. It just says A and B. Uh, we didn't have space to put above and beyond. But if you click on A and B, uh, then that's the Gontemer video is already there, and all of these videos will eventually live right there. So if you've missed one, it would be a great place to go back and catch up. But I'd like to introduce uh, Matt and Michelle Norman. You'll hear a little bit about their work in Spain. Hi, we're Matt and Michelle Norman. We're field personnel serving in Barcelona, Spain. We have lived in the Barcelona area for almost five years. We have two wonderful children, Caden and Aaron. Caden is in 11th grade and Aaron is in 7th grade. And uh, in this area, there are 7.8 million people. Uh, and of those, um, less than 1% of the population of Catalonia are, are actually um, follow any religion whatsoever. Um, and that includes the Catholic Church. You traditionally think of Spain as a Catholic country. Most people are in the Catalonia area have left the church uh, three generations ago, and so they're not growing up um, in a church background. Or um, many times when we meet people, uh, we're, if we say what we do and who we are, and um, we might be the first person that actually is a, a Christian, Protestant Christian even, that's that they've ever met in their life. So, nearly four years ago, we had the pleasure of meeting Pastor Blake and Marissa as they journey to Barcelona to take part in a pivot experience. And when he joined staff at Brookwood, he was gracious enough to introduce us to the good people of Brookwood. Uh, We had an opportunity to spend some time with you all this summer as we were passing through Birmingham uh, while we were in the U.S. And it was really a great pleasure to get to know you 
to get to know the church and your heart for missions, your heart for people to come to know uh, the love and grace uh, our Savior Jesus. A little over a year ago, we hosted a CHE conference. It's Community Health Evangelism Conference. Um, it's an organization that works to help develop local communities um, in a model of asset-based development. And we had several pastors and church members from different churches engage in this two-day conference. Um, and one of those pastors was Pastor Nelson. He took what he heard and came to Matt and said, listen, I want us to engage our community as a way of just to share God's love with people. And so Matt and Nelson went to town hall. They began meeting with them and said, listen, we'd like to maybe engage the homeless community in some way. We're wondering if this is a good idea, if you know um, about opportunities for ministry. The town actually um, gave them a space. The town gave all the volunteers training. The town goes around and picks up leftover school meals, which here are quite delicious and healthy. They're made from scratch meals, uh, three course meals that the children get for school lunches. Um, and they gather them together. They bring them to the community center where the food is served. And the volunteers come in and they heat the food every week. And they sit down and they engage with people. They have conversation with the people that are eating. They're developing relationship with homeless that are coming in week after week. They know them by name, and they greet them by name. And the other day, all of the volunteers gathered after um, the people had left to sit down and eat a meal together themselves. And one of the volunteers looked at Pastor Nelson, a volunteer who is not a person of faith, and said, I think we should pray and thank God for this food that he's provided. We are now at a point this, this past year and a half, we've been able to sit down with pastors in two different churches. On a regular basis, I meet with them for, for training and mentoring. We talk about different things, such as uh, vision, the vision that they have for their church, and how to accomplish that vision with practical steps, um, how to do leadership development amongst the, the leaders in the church that they have. For us to be able to walk alongside, um, to help the pastors think theologically about issues, to help them plan um, for the future with their churches is really a, is something that the churches in the states give as a gift uh, to the pastors here just by us being here is providing them the opportunity to receive some theological training receive some christian education training that otherwise that they wouldn't have access to and so thank you um, for your support that helps us be here so that um the gospel can engage the culture more, uh, more profoundly. With the above and beyond uh, theme, Jim has spent the last two weeks, we've talked about twice the hands and increasing our missions, participation, prayers, partnership, going. Uh, and last Sunday he talked about the giving, twice the heart. Uh, but today I want to take a few minutes and... Um, Look at those verses again that are our key verses, and we'll hear these over and over from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. I want to read it again, and I would like for you to listen for this. There's a beautiful rhythm in these few verses that kind of alternate between God and us as His people. Listen for that as we read these verses again. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power 
that is at work within us. Glory to Him through the church and through Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's a beautiful rhythm there uh, between reminding us that it's God's ability and our availability that bring this together for a beautiful um, marriage. I want to take just a few minutes this morning and zoom in on one part of these verses, and that is the word ask. We're told here that God can do infinitely more, immeasurably more, abundantly more, above and beyond, literally, than anything we could ask or imagine. That Greek word is ateo, and it's a strong word for ask. It's not like, hey, please pass the the butter. It's, It's to plead. It's earnestly a desire. It's almost, you could use the word beg. Uh, So it's a very strong word. And so the question that I want to pose to us today is, what what are we asking God for? I mean, there's a a baseline here, and we're saying that God is able to do infinitely more than what we would ask or imagine or dream. But what is it exactly that we're asking Him for? Um, So I want to take a few minutes and look at that. We're going to kind of take a quick tour through the Gospels, and then we'll hit a verse in James as well. But we're just going to look for that word, ask, and we're going to learn a couple of lessons uh, from where it appears in in the different Gospels and in the book of James. Um, This past Christmas, which was just, you know, right at um, a month ago, Anna Carson received um, a pack of cards. It was an Uno game. And uh, you know that game. It's been around a long time. Uh, They keep changing it and updating it, and this one has little emojis on it, so... Um, that makes it better, I guess. Um, but Anna Carson knows now that if she asks persistently, the family will sit down and play Uno with her. She has one-on-one Uno with dad, one-on-one Uno with mom, one-on-one Uno with brothers, pull in a brother and a parent, whatever. And she asks, and, and she, she asks in the morning when she wakes up, and she asks uh, in the car, and she asks uh, in the afternoon, and she asks before dinner and after dinner and during dinner, and before bedtime, and she's very persistent, and, and because of, simply because of her asking. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to, to Uno, but simply because of her asking. We have played countless games of Uno, and maybe she'll keep asking, and if she does, we'll keep right on playing. Maybe it will trail off and she'll get tired of it, but asking, and, and we can think about this as God is, is like a loving parent to us, and there are times that we just simply... Um, miss out a little bit maybe on an experience with God because we're not asking Him for it. And He would be glad to do it if we, if we asked for it. Let's take a look at in, um, the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 7, 7, easy reference to remember. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That passage goes on and says, uh, what father, if his child asked for bread, would instead give him a stone? What father, if his child asked for fish, would give him a snake instead? And we would all answer that and say, well, that would be a pretty evil, that'd be pretty wicked. I mean, if you had a hungry child and they were asking you for food and instead you gave them a rock or you gave them something dangerous like a snake. Um, and we don't have to worry about that with God. At, at no time do we have to go, well... If I ask for something good, he might give me something bad. 
he might be tired of me asking. And that's just not the case. This word ask, Iteo, it just shows up. It's hard to take it out of Scripture, honestly. If you go back and look at Scripture, you'll see this asking of God over and over. We don't have anywhere near the time to go back and look at all the references in Scripture about asking God. But I think this is a great one from Matthew uh, that reminds us that there is to be some uh, proactivity on our parts that we are supposed to, to ask, we're supposed to seek, we're supposed to knock. And this is a beautiful promise uh, from Matthew that God pays attention to those efforts and, and He responds to those efforts. Let's look over to um, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, this is a story of Bartimaeus. Um, it, it appears in all the synoptic Gospels just before the triumphal entry. Uh, as Jesus travels along, there's a, there's a blind man there who hears that Jesus is coming by and he begins to yell out for him, uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. And of course, uh, people try to hush him and shush him and all that stuff. And, and uh, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man says, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight, and we put this in in italics, and followed Jesus along the road. Above and beyond, he asked for his sight, which is a big deal, obviously, to to have sight or to not have sight. That's, That's hugely important. No one would blame him for asking for his sight. And Jesus heard the request and honored the request and and gave him his sight. He he healed him, as he did many people uh, in the Gospels. But I'm I'm particularly interested in the fact that that's not the end of the story, but that that we're told that the man is obviously joyful and he's praising God. And, And so the first thing he does with his sight is he follows Jesus. He follows Jesus along the road. And of course, that morning when Bartimaeus woke up, he would have no idea that he would gain his sight that day, that his life would be forever changed. But obviously, he also had no idea that he was going to embark on a new journey in his life, not only a journey of vision, physical vision, but one of spiritual vision, and that he would be able to follow along after his healer is a beautiful reminder to us that Jesus has more good things in store for us than we're even thinking on the front end. Let's go to Luke, Luke chapter 5. This is a story that you're probably familiar with. There was a man who was uh, crippled uh, and his friends uh, carried him to a home where Jesus was and it was very crowded and they couldn't get in and so they go up on the roof and tear open the roof and lower their friend down right, right in the middle of the scene and in front of Jesus. And we might call this a, an action of asking. I mean, they could have stayed home, the friends could have, and prayed over their friend and said, you know, hopefully, hopefully God will heal you. They could have gone, they could have left the friend and gone to where Jesus was and said, we've got a friend uh, who, who needs healing and talked to, to Jesus about that. Uh, But instead, they went through the effort of carrying their friend, which is really an action of asking, uh, an action of prayer, and bring him all the way to Jesus and are persistent in lowering him down right to uh, the feet of Jesus, where Jesus uh, sees the faith of the friends and says to the man, your sins are forgiven. There's some intriguing questions we don't have a lot of time to spend 
with that, but uh, those who were there and witnessed this begin to ask questions like, who is this guy? Who, he's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God? That's God's business. Who, who is this guy Jesus think he is? And Jesus responds uh, to their questions with questions of his own, as many good teachers often do. And he says, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? And then he says, so that you know that I have authority to forgive sins. He then tells the man, get up and take your mat and go home. And the man does just that. Sometimes we're called to have a childlike asking of God for things. But what we see in this story is from the religious leaders and the Pharisees that there's not a childlike asking of God. It's more of an immature or rebellious kind of questioning of God's authority and of his sovereignty. In the Gospel of John, we have a story that you you may remember, and that is of the death of of, um, Lazarus. And uh, he had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and they were close friends with Jesus. Jesus knew them. And Lazarus had gotten uh, very ill, and they had sent word to Jesus for Jesus to come, and he did not come immediately. Uh, and when he had finally arrived, uh, Lazarus had been uh, deceased for several days. Uh, and we're told that uh, Martha goes out to him, and she says in, in verses 21 and 22, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Such a powerful statement of faith. Uh, the, the reality and the finality of death. I mean, they saw their brother take his last breath. And they mourned over him and they buried him. And, and yet, even though they had experienced that, Uh, Martha says to Jesus, um, whatever you ask the Father, we know he'll give you. I just think it's a beautiful, powerful uh, reminder that that God's prerogative and the power of Jesus is really a a death-overwhelming, death-consuming kind of victory. If we step outside the Gospels for a minute and go to um, the book of James, James 4, Two uh, says you do not have because you do not ask God. He goes on to say, when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives. You ask for your own pleasure, for your own glory. You do not have because you do not ask. We must remember that Jesus is the great intercessor. He is our high priest. And so we, we come before him uh, and ask. And we believe that he hears, and does he always answer uh, the way in which that we would uh, expect him to or hope that he would? No. Uh, and I'm thankful for that because sometimes I have prayed prayers that looking back, uh, it was obvious that they were not um, in God's will or in God's time, uh, but that God has something better um, in store. I want to ask you, um, if you look on your insert, you'll see... You'll see this, um, two, two particular prayer requests as we're talking about doubling the number of people who are going and doubling the money and all of that. I want to give you some specific things to hold on to. Um, we are hoping and, and praying and planning for a family mission trip 
in 2019. Uh, I'll be traveling to Nicaragua in a couple of weeks with Frank Page and several others from Brookwood and other churches. And I have scheduled a meeting for while we're there in Managua to meet with a man named Guillermo. Never met him before. We've exchanged email, but Guillermo is, uh, works with an organization called Word of Life. They're an international uh, ministry. You can see their website, a lot of stuff going on. But they just bought a sports complex that has a baseball field, two basketball courts, a soccer field, even a swimming pool that are literally uh, just kilometers from where Pastor Aragon's school and church are. So it would be an amazing staging point uh, for a family uh, mission trip that was doing sports outreach into the Managua community. So I'm asking you to join me in asking God uh, that, that his will would be done and that doors would open and things would progress uh, and we would be able to, to stage the mission trip there. Uh, the second prayer request is, uh, as Brian alluded to, the partnership with Truvine out in the Inglenook community is a great partnership between our church and, and Ralph's church. Uh, and one thing that we've had conversation with them before, and, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but just a block up the street from Ralph's church, uh, there's a, a Birmingham City uh, Park, Inglenook Park. It is really, really nice. There's a gym there. There are new tennis courts. There's a softball field and playground. And um, to my knowledge, there's no church that's really coming in and using that as a staging point for uh, having a sports ministry in that community, which would be a phenomenal opportunity to get to know the kids that are there um, and build relationship and mentor them and just hopefully encourage them, if they don't already go to church, to come visit True Vine. So those are two things uh, that I would really ask you to join me in asking God for, and I, I trust that uh, if these things are in accordance with His plan and His will and His timing, uh, that God will open up these doors and, and move things forward. If at the end of 2019 we have not achieved the goals that we've set for the Above and Beyond campaign, I truly believe the culprit will be that we have simply not asked God. May we ask and seek and knock with the peace of knowing that our loving Father would not substitute a snake for a child's meal. May we be as Bartimaeus. May our seeing more of Christ lead to our joyful following of him. Let us not only pray, but commit ourselves to actions of prayer, like the friends who lowered their loved one down through the roof. May we have the faith of Martha, whose belief in the power of Christ overwhelmed the reality and finality of her brother Lazarus' death. I want to share one last verse with you. It's from uh, Psalm 127.1. Great verse. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I want to tweak that a little bit. I don't think I'll do any harm to the meaning of it, but I want to reword things a little bit and substitute there. Unless the Lord goes above and beyond, we all fall short and labor in vain. Now to Him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we pause 
this morning. And we ask that you would be glorified greatly in the family at Brookwood. We ask, O oh God, that you would raise up new opportunities, new ministries and missions. Lord, that we could serve you. Lord, we ask that you would smile on us, that you would provide the energy that we will need and the favor that we will need. Lord, we need Guillermo and the folks at Word of Life to to grant us access to that sports compound. We need the city of Birmingham to give us the thumbs up to stage something at the Inglenook Park, to utilize that property. Uh, and so we just ask. We ask God and we, we pray, Lord, that you would uh, hear our prayers and that you would open up doors and move any obstacles that you would be glorified greatly, that people who are on the outside of your family through our efforts would be reached, that those who do not know the love of Jesus would come in contact with that life-saving love through our efforts. God, we pray that you would take us deeper. We ask this, uh, not to our own glory or in our own strength, but because of your power at work within us and to your glory through the church and through Christ, we pray, God, that you would plant seeds and that those seeds would be watered and that fruit that would come up would be amazing, that it would be eternal fruit. We thank you for your love and we thank you for this family. We thank you for the community of faith and for the gift of worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.